0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, I I made the rookie mistake of not sitting on the toilet and puking in the tub.
0: And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Cura, Brazilian Ty is here with me. <laughs> Ty, I saw this article the other day and I had to run it by you. What do you think is the most dangerous sport in the world? Ooh. Hi, Eli. Hey, Hey, that's, that's a good guess. I've seen people guess base jumping. You know, things like that. (laughs) That's not a sport.
1: That's just a death wish. Hey, I agree with you, Anybody can just jump off a building. (laughs) It's no athletic ability. You can just fall off a building.
0: Research from a university in Texas says horseback riding is the most dangerous sport (laughs) for the 11-year period between... 2006 and 2017, there were over 25,000 hospitalizations, over 300 deaths. <laughs> so next time you worry about your kid playing football or hockey... <laughs> Dude, look up how many injuries there are on trampolines. Hey, that's that's a good point. I don't trust horses, though, man. Look at their eyes. I don't trust them.
1: <laughs> Jesus. I'm just... Do you? Yeah, I I have no problem with horses. Um, My question is, in the Olympics, why do they test the rider for (laughs) drugs? (laughs) They're literally not doing anything. The Tune Out podcast asking all
0: the tough questions. This episode of Do It Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Winter is coming, and energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing, so now is a great time for listeners to look at their utility bills and ensure they're on the best plan. Albertans have a choice who they pay their utility bills to and park power is happy to provide free no obligation comparisons if you decide to switch providers it's easy and you can feel good knowing you're supporting a local business and helping to give back to our communities with your utility bills learn more at parkpower.ca in the huddle with karan Todd on the Two and out podcast All right, Ty, the news came out Tuesday. CFL players who are not vaccinated won't be able to play in the East or West finals or the Grey Cup. And uh, it was a safety issue with the CFL. It was a competitive issue with the CFL. I don't think they want a convoy of guys driving from Winnipeg to Calgary or vice versa uh, <laughs> in their vehicles. And also...
1: well, Yeah, but... They let teams fly into Thunder Bay and drive six and a half hours to Winnipeg, and nobody says a word.
0: (laughs) There it is. There it is. (laughs) And also... Hey, hey, it's early, but I'm still on point. I love it. I love it. And also, as far as the East goes, you'd have the situation where, you know, maybe a a Montreal or, or a Toronto player, yeah, they'd be easily able to drive to Toronto, but... A Western team can't do this. So I think to make it fair for everybody, they had to put this policy Mm -hmm. into effect.
1: Yeah, and I I think we kind of saw, we kind of knew it was going to come eventually. I I don't think that they could just, you know, allow teams to, like, if it's BC that, that, that ends up in the Grey Cup, for example. Yeah. And they got, you know, let's say they got five guys that aren't vaccinated. How? How? How does that work when you're not allowed on a plane? You're not going to expect them to drive across the country. Like the, I think we, I think everybody knew this was coming at some point, or that it had to. Um, whether or not you agree with it, that that's up to you. But this is what the CFL wanted to do, and it makes it so. Like if if a team's going to make the playoffs now, they know who they know who's going to be and who's not going to be on the roster, and it it makes it easier for them. Uh, you know, maybe players are going to make some decisions that they wouldn't normally make and then maybe they go and get, get the shot. And if not, well, then they're not going to play. And that's, that's their choice. Uh, and choices come with consequences and that's, that's just one of them. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah, we were talking about it before. Like well, if Montreal makes it and Vernon Adams Jr. isn't healthy. Like is the team flying to Hamilton and Trevor Harris is driving well, like
0: apparently but, Harris went but, to the States but, and got the shot.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, allegedly. <laughs> well, you know what, Harris? <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't expect. Yeah. Like, that's just a competitive imbalance. And we, we see it, Yeah like, especially in the – my example would be the AJHL. The Bobcats used to fly to Fort Mac until the league put the kibosh on it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, well, that's just an unfair advantage. So you, like this way, every team is traveling the same way. They don't have you know a, a handful of players having to drive this way. You just know, and and that's that, and the decision's been made. And now you can't even be mad at your team. You got to be. Mad, you can be mad at the players, but the team has nothing to do with it anymore.
0: Harris was the Elks player that was kind of under the radar, getting kind of criticized for this. But it turns out James Wilder Jr. Uh, <laughs> didn't get vaccinated. It doesn't even. It, does, does it even matter? They have two wins. Nobody cares. I I brought this up because uh, James Wilder Jr. quoted a three-down nation story saying, Hey, I had fun. I ain't going to lie. And then Sean Lemon replies saying, Y'all season will be over before those dates, bro. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be in the I playoffs want, anyway. I want
1: what like James Wilder's smoking if he thinks they're making the playoffs. <laughs> if he thinks that this is going to affect him in any way, <laughs> unless he gets traded. But now, but now teams know he's not vaccinated. They're not going. They're not going to trade for him.
0: Yep, that's a, that's also a good
1: so, point. So, congratulations, you played yourself. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFL fantasy.tsn.ca. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca.
0: All right. Friday night football is the Montreal Alouettes one-point underdogs against the Toronto Argonauts. The over-under set at 49 here. And Trevor Harris was mentioned, but don't be crazy. Trevor Harris is not going to be starting this weekend, okay? And and Ty, this is is kind of the interesting thing. I get it where Edmonton is coming from, right? Where he wasn't going to be on the roster because, let's face it, Trevor Harris is not a short yardage guy. So if you're going to be starting Taylor Cornelius in Edmonton, having Trevor Harris as your backup doesn't do anything. He doesn't want to go there and second no. and one, third and one so uh, having Prukop there makes sense. What's Montreal going to do here? I know that Harris isn't the biggest short yardage guy D- does he get onto the roster and Schiltz stays doing the short yardage thing it's, it's an interesting football decision anyway but I, I don't think he's going to be starting for a while I don't think he's the 2019 version I don't version. think he starts. Yeah. I, I don't think he's the 2019 version of Zach Kalaros
1: here at all. <laughs> no, not even close. Uh he, he he's not going to come in on second and short and and you know sneak for the first down. He's not going to be he's not going to start this week. He I don't I don't think he starts unless they have to start him.
0: Yeah, he's insurance, I think.
1: Yeah, he's just in case Fernandez Jr. doesn't come back and Schiltz gets hurt, you know, in two weeks. They have something. Uh, if it's this version of 2021 or Trevor Harris that we've seen, it's not a great something, but it's something.
0: I mean, do we all give Trevor Harris credit for waking up the Stampeders? Because his performance on Labor Day, uh, I don't think we've seen yeah. that version of the Stampeders since. <laughs>
1: No, that's very fair, and the Riders are real happy about that. Yeah, so thanks, Harris.
0: <laughs> it does look like the Alouettes will be back with William Stanback. Last week's game, he missed it with food poisoning. Ty, I, mm. I, for some reason, I just had an image in my head that you'd have a food poisoning story or two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So our main floor bathroom in our old house, you remember the old a oh, fr- that old yeah. blue A-frame? Yep. Yeah. We only had one bathroom. Oh. There was four of us. <laughs> and it had two doors on it. One door led to the hallway, which was a and across this, across the hallway from my bedroom, and the other door led directly into my parents' bedroom. I had to have a shower at 3:30 a.m. one time. <laughs> uh because I had um, I it I don't want to disparage them, but uh, it was 7-Eleven, and my chicken wasn't exactly white when I was eating it. (laughs) I love how you just
0: continued
1: powering through. (laughs) (laughs) And I ate it all. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I I made the rookie mistake of not sitting on the toilet and puking in the tub. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a vet move. In the toilet. I just puked in the toilet. And so, yeah, it was. Uh, it was time to hop in the shower. And I was like, "What the hell is that?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, it came out both ends." So it was time. Man, I, I can't
0: remember. Ooh, it's been a while since. Uh, I, I think you've you've heard does, uh, that. Does,
1: does Spirit of Edmonton count as food poisoning? <laughs>
0: we'll call that the irish food poisoning. <laughs> yes. So Stanback is back playing and that's good because Cameron Artis Payne has not been practicing with an illness this week <laughs> and uh, they they need great to- timing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, maybe they'll just They, go they back are and
1: basically forth. the Tampa Bay Lightning of the CFL at this point.
0: <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll just go back and forth with the running backs, although yeah. I, I'm thinking Kahari Jones would like both of them on the roster one <laughs> mm-hmm. one of these days. Oh, uh, the Toronto Argonauts here, now they're starting to have some issues with their offensive line. Offensive lineman Jamal Campbell has not practiced this week. He's got a quadricep injury. Now, it looks like they're bringing in some offensive line help here and Ty I I know you're the big uh, Florida Gators fan so (laughs) they've they've high they've ended up signing Martez Ivy six foot five three hundred pounds he was the final cut of the New England Patriots in 2019 and at Florida 49 games started 44 times so I mean if he's starting for your Gators you, you know he's a good player
1: be starting for anybody in the SEC other than Vanderbilt <laughs> or Tennessee, <laughs> I, you got to be good. Yeah, you can't. It's not just an also ran. So, uh, but like we talk about, I mean, offense. You don't want to be making changes to your offensive line this late yeah, in the season, no unless, of course, you're the Ottawa Red Blacks. But <laughs> you know, a guy, a guy like him, I mean, hope, hopefully, you can fill a hole, and, and you know, they, they can. Make the adjustments they need to, but I mean this this game is huge for Toronto. They, I don't want to call it a must win, but uh, if you want to host that East final, they they need to figure it out.
0: Well, and maybe the the depth at offensive line is getting tested a little bit here for Toronto. Isaiah mm-hmm. Cage got hurt for the entire season uh, in in training camp, and I almost forgot, but Cody Speller was you know a highly touted signing by by the Argos yeah. after being with Winnipeg in 2019. And he left with a personal issue sometime in July. They put him on the suspended list, and we're still here in October, and we're not sure what's going on there. So hopefully he's doing okay. But th- they've gone with the rookie, Peter Nicastro, at center, and it's gone okay for them so far but yeah. here we go this is a game basically for first place in the east division the Owls haven't performed well at home this year here is the no, they have not here's the time to do it they're 5 and 4 argos 6 and 3 alouettes have a real shot at finishing first place mm-hmm. in the east man
1: yeah and you know to touch on the depth of the, of the argos they're like the o line is usually where you see the most turnover throughout a season. Right, right. For for a lot of teams just because guys get so beat up and it, it gets tested and, and you know the teams that are prepared for it and you know the teams that aren't and you can just base it off, you know, records for the most part. Just, and you can even look at records for just depth in general um or even, you know, front office decisions. So it but yeah, the the Owls I don't, I don't want to say we wrote them off, but I think we kind of had the Argos pencil in as that number one seed. And then, you know, the Owls, with the way they were playing at home, it just didn't seem like they, they were going to get anything going. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're a game behind. Uh, and, and a win here on Friday night just changes that. It doesn't change the entire East division. But, I mean, I think right now I would rather go and play in Montreal than play in Toronto if I'm Hamilton, just with the way – well, especially if you're Hamilton, the way that you know playing in Toronto or playing the Argos is gone, and and you know the, the Owls' record at home is just more appealing. Now, I don't want to say that you don't want to give teams and board material or anything like that, but I mean, if you're looking at it, the Owls at home are are a way better matchup for a lot of teams right now.
0: Hinauk Mwamba is a welcome addition back at practice for the Argos, but Cam Judge still mm-hmm. sitting out with that ankle injury john white back practicing in full this week although i would say dj foster did pretty well in his absence and uh foster is still going to be a big part of of that argonaut offense and he has been all season
1: yeah and you know a little bit different player than john white and we've talked about it would like the the uh the tandem back situation that the argos have ran it makes it hard to pick for fantasy but also makes it hard for a defense, when you have a guy that can, both guys can kind of receive the ball of the backfield. And they, they're both great runners. They just run a little different. It, it, when you're game planning against two guys, it, it makes it hard for your defense to make those adjustments. So, I mean, if you can get both of them in your line, if you can get both of them in a lineup, not fantasy wise, but just like in a, in your game day lineup, uh, that gives your team a whole new dimension.
0: The Alouettes' defense has uh, surrendered seven rushing t- touchdowns. That's that's uh, second only to Saskatchewan's eight. Um, they're giving up 5.3 yards per carry, so they're a team that has been able to be run against so mm-hmm. far. But the Argos have been a team that you can pass against. They're eighth in the league, giving up almost 284 passing yards a game. Still, I would say that uh, this is a bigger test for Matthew Schultz than Ottawa's defense.
1: Yeah, and, and we've seen we've seen this Argos defense put up big games. Uh, oh, yeah, with, with the names they have on it, names they have on it and, and what they're able to do this is a good defense, and yeah, Schultz will be in for one.
0: We got a triple header on Saturday. the Hamilton Tiger cats oh. fourteen and a half Ser- my serious favorites. is
1: gonna get a workout.
0: <laughs> the Hamilton Tiger cats fourteen and a half point favorites over the Ottawa Red blacks. the over under is forty one and a half here. Well, I'm going to have to watch the quarterback situation for Hamilton. Again, that has not been settled at all this season. Dane Evans has been added to the active roster. He missed a few games with the oblique injury, but of course this means he is eligible to practice again. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where each quarterback probably just has
1: a really short leash, Mazzoli or Evans. Yeah, I, if I'm... Steinauer I'm starting Mazzoli. Like I don't need another change at quarterback this season. Yeah. If I can avoid it. At some point you have to have continuity at a position because it they've had such a rough go like they had three different starters. They all do something vastly different and you know it shows in the record. I mean it's this team is 4 and 5. They're they're still in a playoff spot but I know it's Ottawa, but I mean, you still, I I, I think you start Masoli. I don't care if Dane Evans is healthy and back. It, it'd be what, their fifth, qu- sixth quarterback change, fifth quarterback change. Oh, like, yeah. it, it just doesn't bode well. Like Masoli isn't playing, isn't playing awful. I think you keep the continuity. If Dane Evans starts, you better hope that he's 100% and not getting hurt again. Because then you have to make another change. And and it's just, it, it's a revolving, it's been a revolving door at quarterback and not because they've played poorly, except for you know, maybe the first couple weeks. But after that, it's just been injuries after injuries after injuries. And if they make another change, I get it to get Dane Evans back in there. But that has to be the last change, and he has to finish the season. Like, and if it's not broke, don't fix it. Not saying that their quarterback situation right now is perfect, but, I mean, if, if you want your receivers to, you know, start putting up better numbers, you they got to know, what the hell is behind center because it's it's not helping them at all. And they don't run the ball, so I mean they're not helping themselves either.
0: Well here we go. I I know a lot of people are just you know, anointing Evans as the guy to start again, but Jeremiah Mazzoli mm-hmm. against Toronto before the bye, twenty four of thirty three that's seventy-two point seven percent completion percentage. No yep. interceptions. Three hundred sixty-one yards. Why the heck would you take them out, man? And like you said, they <laughs> they don't have a rushing game. I mean, <laughs> and yep. that week actually, they gave Malik Iron seven carries. He had over eight yards a carry. <laughs> Maybe they installed a a rushing attack over over the bye week, but the Thai Cats are coming off no, they two heartbreaking losses in a row. Yeah, and, uh, you hate to see it. <laughs> I, I just got to think that a rushing attack would mm-hmm. only go to help here.
1: Absolutely. It, it slows down a blitz. It, it slows down the pass rush. It also, you know, teams have to, if you can actually run the ball, which they... Hamilton can. they just don't. Yeah. That's that's I think we've seen issue. that this year. They 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 don't um you know, it, it teams don't have to like yeah, that's why the the average per rush is so high is cuz teams don't respect the run mm-hmm. because they don't do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they'll they'll give up they'll give up eight rushes of 7 yards. Who cares? It's not going to come back to haunt them in the end. Uh you know, they the focus on the pass. So but like you said, like Masoli's game last week or two weeks ago, those numbers. Why? How? How? How does that lose his job? How does he lose his job with that? Yeah, he didn't doesn't get the win. But you know the the offense is starting to click a little more. The receivers know the timing. You're gonna throw Dane Evans back in there, who you know hasn't practiced with the team for three or four weeks. That now you gotta, not relearn the timing, but you gotta get back on that timing. You know, that's going to take a little bit of time. Like It's just, I I think you have to leave Masoli in. I, I, I just don't get the point of changing to Dan Evans now.
0: Uh, on a normal year, or I guess any year before this, Brandon Banks coming back would be a big deal for the Tiger Cats. Is, is he going to mm-hmm. become the forgotten guy here? He he missed a few games <laughs> with the, with the rib injury, but he's back practicing in full. Let's see if he can... Mm-hmm. start to get going here against, against Ottawa. And, yeah, I only brought up those Mazzoli numbers because he did that against the first-place team in the East. He's going to be able yeah. to do that uh, <clears throat> against Ottawa, who, yeah, they're scrappy, but now even they're starting to deal with injury issues. And, yeah, you can move the ball uh, against against Ottawa. So I think this is M- Mazzoli's job again. <laughs>
1: they're not only dealing with injuries, they're dealing with Andrew or <clears throat> sorry, Antoine Pruneau in the secondary, which is basically like having an injury. Anyway.
0: <laughs> I like how he has now become your new target. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Just insult the injury. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. Like, when he got drafted, like, the first couple of years he was in the league, he was awesome. Like, he hit hard, but now it's just, now they, now he just gets picked on. <laughs> like, teams can target him. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Well. He, he has one pick this year. <laughs> so, like, let's not put him, let's not say he's first-team All-Star, but, you know, like, it, the, the, the way he played that Winnicky touchdown was horrendous. Yeah, it, it's just I need a whipping boy on every team. Unless it's Edmonton, then it's just the team. <laughs> Tied two teams in the CFL have
0: scored less points than the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Any guesses?
1: Red Blacks and the Eskimos. Yep. Uh, hmm. That was that was a tough one. That was probably the easiest trivia question that you will see. I also had to think about. I also had to think about who was last place in the West because I just figured it was Calgary because I totally forgot about
0: Edmonton. (laughs) Uh, The Red Blacks have brought in the younger brother of Joe Flacco, Tom Flacco. He spent uh, training camp with us. That does not bode well. He spent uh, training camp with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Got let go, but, I mean, Taron Christian gets hurt. Uh, anybody behind that offensive line is getting hurt right now. There, there's a reason why. What, what offensive line? That's a good point. Uh, it looks like. <laughs> and they actually might have their 11th different combination at offensive line. And if you're keeping oh track, God.
1: this is. <laughs> this their, is their 11th game.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd want to be any quarterback standing back there right now.
1: No. And. I don't think Tom Flacco being the brother of Joe Flacco means anything because it's not like Joe lights the world on fire. (laughs) Hey, he's got a Super Bowl. No, his defense has a Super Bowl. (laughs) Um, He's basically the modern-day Trent (laughs) Dilford. Oh, weird, same team. Um, Also, screw the Baltimore Ravens. But (laughs) if you're going to start 11 different O-line combinations in 11 games, you're just... Throwing your quarterbacks to the wolves, like let's be honest, nobody who wants to start behind that o- an old line that changes that much. It's not fun if you're the quarterback. It's not safe. Like you could probably refuse unsafe work at this point.
0: <laughs> well, and they have
1: a union. They're going to be without Devontae
0: Deadman, uh, the best return man in the Canadian Football League. Oh, he probably was... since Gizmo. He, he had himself uh, some walking boots, crutches at practice. So, yeah, he's not going to be playing on Saturday and probably won't be playing for a while. But your boy, Duck Hodges, Paul Lapley says he's going to get reps starting this Saturday. But how well can it go for him with the receiving core in the <laughs> offensive line in uh, Ottawa yeah. right now and uh, obviously a fired-up Hamilton-Tiger-Cats defense?
1: So... So he's on the active roster, so that only means that can only mean one thing, that I that I have to go onto the Ottawa Red Black store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as he gets one rep, and order, and order a jersey. Did I, I don't know if I said if he starts a game or if he just makes the active roster. Okay, that, I can't remember, but either way, I got to do it now. <laughs>
0: The Ottawa Redblacks are giving up the most rushing yards per game at over 114 <laughs> yards a game. Will the Tiger-Cats run the ball? That is the question. Nope.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Why would why would you why would you do something to benefit in a matchup like that? <laughs>
0: Hey, it's too obvious. You got to keep the opponent on their toes, Ty.
1: Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) It's it's like third and inches. Wow, let's throw the or second and inches. Let's throw the ball twenty yards down the field. (laughs) Have it knocked down and then punt. (laughs) The Winnipeg Blue
0: Bombers eleven and a half point favorites over the BC Lions. Forty two is where the over under is set. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the only team in the CFL with that X beside their name in the standings. They have clinched the playoffs, and they can actually clinch first place with a win here. BC's in a bit of a tough stretch, and I think it all kind of started when Lucky Whitehead went down due to injury. It seemed like the Mm -hmm. Lions at that time had momentum, and a few weeks later, it's all gone. Uh, they're 1-5 and five against the Western Division. Uh, the Bombers... Hey, that's an improvement. The, <laughs> the Bombers are undefeated at home. They're undefeated against the West. But two weeks in a row, I mean, what what do the Lions need to do here to beat Winnipeg?
1: I, I don't think you plan to beat Winnipeg. I think you start game planning for next week. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's fair. I, I don't, and then, and then hope the bombers hope the bombers overlook you. Like that's that's your game plan.
0: I don't know if you can beat Winnipeg here without balance. No, and the Lions don't have balance. Calgary walked all over them last week, beating them by four scores. When you don't have to worry about a rushing attack, and that bomber defensive line can just... (laughs) Pin their ears back. Uh, Michael Riley might not have a fun game on Saturday. He might not be able to finish this game. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen... Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen rumblings on Twitter, a lot of people praising, you know, the Stamps, the Bombers... For signing players and filling holes where they need to, where the Hamiltons of the world continue to just keep going with this offensive line that is clearly holding their offensive Mm -hmm. output back. But the Bombers just continue to get better. They, uh, on Wednesday, announced the signing of running back Shaq Cooper to the practice roster, most recently with the BC Lions. So there he goes, more depth at running back. Yeah, Defensive back Winston Rose is back. That's huge. A CFL All-Star in 2019, the Grey Cup champion, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's back in Winnipeg, so the league's best defense gets better. But where Winnipeg had issues was in the kicking game. And they have brought in Sergio Castillo, trading a fourth-round draft pick, a conditional draft pick, to the BC Lions for his rights. Looks like he's got to do the quarantine and will join the Bombers after their bye week. I, I see the biggest problem with Sergio is his passport. <laughs> uh, as an American kicker to make it in the CFL, going got to be pretty good. he got to be Justin Medlock good. But he most recently spent time with the New York Jets in the National
1: Football League. Oof. I mean, the paycheck would be nice, but yeah. <laughs> not exactly where you go if you want to win football games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no
0: doubt, no doubt. So he's going to come and at least add some experience to the kicking position, and I think he's got what it takes to make more kicks than he misses. Unlike their current situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, it can't. It, the kicking situation can't get nope. worse in Winnipeg. Nope, there is so no doubt. This was what. What was the one after you know five six seven weeks? What was the one hole that the bombers had? It was k- their kicking game, yep. and they've addressed that. the The rushing game is fine as a matter. It seems if it's Oliveira or Andrew Harris, somehow Zach Kalaros has put himself in the MOP conversation. Uh, you know, with with the passing game, like there's not a lot of holes on this team, and they address the one they had. Uh, you know they are starting to get banged up but i mean every team is so depth is going to you know be tested but i i just don't see that being an issue for this team
0: yes they are banged up Jermarcus Hardrick Andrew Harris Nick Taylor did not practice at bomber practice on Tuesday you know what neither did Nick Dembski. but uh O'Shea has shown that he's he's been willing mm-hmm. to give veterans we say that every week yeah he's been willing to give Uh, vets time off as long as they're good for game day they'll be good to go so the status of hardrick will be one to watch uh pass pro for the bombers against edmonton last week wasn't what we had seen and come to expect from winnipeg uh actually over Mm -hmm. the last few seasons but the run blocking was still was still top notch and with harris Maybe not good to go. Oliveira, I think, becomes a no-brainer in your fantasy lineup. He he had a hundred yards last yeah. week against Edmonton. He had a good start to the season. Uh, ended up kind of being able to get shut down a little bit. We, we and I think that's maybe where we saw Winnipeg falter when they lost their game to Toronto. Uh, they mm-hmm. they didn't really trust it. At least it didn't look like that. O- Oliveira to run the ball. They only gave him seven carries. He had twenty eight yards in that thirty to twenty three loss.
1: After we all started him, yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, now he's back <laughs> there. I, I, I gotta think they'll be giving him more than seven carries if mm-hmm. he's going to be the starter yeah. Saturday against BC.
1: I I one hundred percent agree, and I mean this BC team. You know, it was an issue in 2019, their defensive line. It seems to be an issue again. You, you can run on this team. That, give Oliveira 20 carries, he's going to get something done for you. And it just opens up everything else on the offense for the Bombers. And, you know, Zach Kalaros has seemed to turn into 2015 Zach Kalaros, and he can run the ball a little bit now. It If, if they can get that run game going, I just don't see how the Lions keep up.
0: But here we go. The BC Lions given up only 4.6 yards per carry. They've only given up three rushing yep. touchdowns on the season, but they are giving up the most pass yards a game, 291 if, yards if a game.
1: If you're giving up 4.6, that's still putting teams second and five.
0: Well, I mean, in the right? in the CFL, uh, 4.6 is not bad. The, the best mark is actually Saskatchewan no. with 4.5, so...
1: Right, but I mean, you're still like, if it if it's that high, and I and I know that like, it's it's good relatively, but I mean, if if teams are at second and five, and especially this Bombers team, and they have the likes of you know yeah. a guy like Nick Dembski and and Rashid Bailey and, and a quarterback that is able to throw those high percentage throws, I don't know how much it really helps you.
0: Well, uh, let's just say Oliveira had over six yards of carry last week against Edmonton. Yeah. And so did Harris yeah. before he Look got how hurt. That went.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> six yards is way worse than four and a half, I suppose.
0: <laughs> and I, I think we're saving maybe the best for last this week. The Calgary Stampeders one point favorites against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the last game of the triple header, that, the last that game. That should of week probably 12. be eight and a half. <laughs> the over/under set at forty-four, and the Stampeders looking for their first sweep of the Riders. In 10 years. 2011, not a good year for the Riders, and I think they want to avoid that. But you got to think, Ty, the Riders are going to throw the kitchen sink at Calgary. They they have to. They're going to have to. They, they absolutely have to. Craig has not beat his it's... brother. Dave is a head coach. Fajardo has not yeah. beat. Calgary is a starting quarterback. And let's face it, if they want a home playoff game, they have to win this game. There's no way around yeah. it.
1: And You can lose this game, and you have to win out. Well, and then you need Calgary to lose too. So, <laughs> and, you need, and you need a Calgary loss in the way they're playing. It doesn't look like it's coming. And you know they've they've beefed up their defense in Calgary. You know, guys are starting to come back. It just seems like everything is just pointing towards Calgary running away with this. Again, I, I, th- from what I've seen in the first two matchups, I have no faith in the Riders winning this football game.
0: Duke Williams, Shaq Evans, practicing for Saskatchewan. They were noncommittal as to having both guys in the lineup. But to me, <laughs> that might be a little bit of gamesmanship. Even Dave Dickinson said he's 100% sure that the riders are going to come at him with Duke
1: Williams. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be. I, I think it, I don't know why you wouldn't at this point. You have to do something.
0: There's got to be some trick plays coming in because, uh, wasn't Nick Marshall Duke Williams quarterback at Auburn? Yeah. <laughs> you're so, dis- you don't want to see, you're, you're so discouraged and beat down by those two losses that the Riders had.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, A, they're Auburn Tigers, so oh, who cares? okay, okay. Uh, hey, Ricardo Nick Lewis, Marshall is also an Auburn
0: po- Tiger, by the way.
1: Yes. Nick Marshall, not playing quarterback, although with the amount of touchdowns he gives up, you would think he's playing quarterback for the other team. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Chris Jones was back in Saskatchewan, you know Marshall would be playing quarterback
1: and DB. Short sure, 100% he'd be the quarterback like, you know, on the 2 or 3 yard line. <laughs> and, and it's not even a guess, we've seen it happen. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I'm looking forward to
0: seeing Shaq and Duke back in or in the lineup for mm-hmm. Saskatchewan. Hopefully it happens on and I Saturday think even, and sh-
1: even if Shaq's not at 100%. He says
0: he's 90, but you know what the players say. They probably
1: exaggerate that by about yeah, 40%. He's probably, he's probably like 70. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if he's healthy enough to play and not re-injure it. Yep. Like, as long as it, the, the only way he's going to get injured is if he gets hit. Like if, As long as it's gonna, not going to be a non-contact re-injury, then I I think you have to put him in because at, at, if, if he is at that full 90%, he's still one of the best options that they have so I mean he has to be in the lineup I think
0: Cody Fajardo is uh, looking forward to having guys that he can throw within seven yards of and they can make the play
1: <laughs> Wow, well, he he should be aiming a little closer than that
0: well I'm just saying that the the current guys that he misses by seven yards m- maybe they can't make the play but
1: Evans and Duke
0: yeah maybe yeah. maybe they got a chance
1: uh <laughs> I still, I think I still put that on Cody more than I put that on the receivers. <laughs> Calgary, look at that, continues
0: to improve. Trey Roberson is mm-hmm. back with the Stampeders, with a secondary that has already become one of the premier secondaries in the CFL. And when he was last with the Stampeders before going to the NFL with the Chicago Bears, he had 10 interceptions in 32 career games, including 2019. It was five picks in the first three games, and then teams just started throwing elsewhere. So Trey Roberson (laughs) back with the Stampeders is big news
1: for that team. If you if you can shut down half a side like half of the field in the CFL, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, team, teams just give up on that side of the field. It's it it totally changes what they can what they can and can't do. Now it might take him you know a game or two to get back to what he was, but I don't think it's going to take very long. Generally,
0: I find that. The one position that can go back go to the NFL and come back to the CFL and be what they were seems to be defensive back. And uh Yeah. It just Which is crazy to me. It's it seems like D B in the CFL is probably the hardest position uh to play. Yeah. Uh there's so many factors that go into the offense's favor. Uh I, I think maybe playing D B in the CFL might be an advantage going to the NFL. You're like, whoa, I, I can, <laughs> these guys don't get a running start. <laughs> it's like, this is easy, but we saw Delvin bro yeah. go to the saints. Uh, he, he had success there. I mean, if he didn't break his leg and they, they made him continue practicing, he probably would have wrapped up his football career in the NFL. Yep. Uh, but Trey Roberson is back and I really don't expect to drop off and play and from what we've come used to with him.
1: No, not at all. I I, like, I think it'd just be maybe getting back into the playbook and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think they can probably just put him in man and let him do his thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, we talked about Saskatchewan getting enforcements in the receiving core, but so is Calgary quite frankly. Josh Huff Mm -hmm. uh, is back practicing in full. Kamar Jordan has been back. He's still limited with that hamstring injury, (laughs) but now that it seems Bo Mitchell is coming on, he's starting to get uh, uh, a better chemistry with the younger receivers that they have on the roster and the Stampeders have the youngest roster in the Canadian Football League, so (laughs) <laughs> the the struggles, I guess, at the beginning of the year aren't as exciting or a- aren't surprising, I should say. And maybe mm-hmm. they're gonna be good for years to come, years to come again, which is <laughs> just which is just perfect. Just great news. I, I know Kyle Walter's been getting a lot of credit uh for keeping the core of the Winnipeg blue bombers intact, but John Huffnagel proving that. Mm-hmm. his uh general manager skills are still at yeah. the top of the cfl
1: and and yeah they have the youngest roster but i mean the coaching staff in the front office and everything there they're just so good at what they do that they're able to develop these guys you know while they play it's not like they have to you know stash on a practice roster and, and try to work with them they they drafted well they they sign the right players uh <clears throat> sorry they, they sign the right import players and they, they're just so good at what they do as a franchise. Mhm. Never mind the on-field stuff, just off the field that it just it's such an advantage for them. Well, uh
0: I think it's going to be a heavyweight tilt Saturday night and
1: uh I hope you're right. I just don't have a lot of faith in it.
0: Well, the last two games were one-score games. Um Yeah. And, and well, let's face it, uh <laughs> and the the stat was really talked about a lot last week with with the stamps playing a BC Lions team off the bye and absolutely destroyed them. The Riders coming off the bye, you'd like to think they 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 show up more ready than the BC Lions did, but McMahon Stadium is always a tough place to play for Saskatchewan. It doesn't really seem it mm-hmm. matters where either team is
1: in the standings. The, there is some demons there for sure. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think the best game I've ever seen them play was a playoff game.
0: Yeah, they do well. In, in well they seem to. and uh... But, yeah, there's, there,
1: there's some demons to exercise for the riders at McMahon for sure. Even when they aren't playing and, the Stampeders. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> want to bring that up, but thank you. Because that they never show that they never show that kind of stuff on on yeah. ESPN or you know TSN Classic, <laughs> I never see that, and so it's nice to bring that up again. That's how I wanted to start my day. <laughs> Just totally
0: made your day with uh, yeah. with that one. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are giving up the least rushing yards in the league, seventy four point two. Uh, the, the best yards per carry they've been given up, but they've also given up the most rushing touchdowns. Uh, eight of them have been surrendered by the Riders, but that didn't matter for team carry <laughs> the last time these two teams played. So we'll see nope. we'll see what happens on Saturday night. What do you got for fantasy numbers? Any outliers in week 12?
1: Um, not really any outliers. Uh, Ricardo Lewis, I guess would be, and the Ottawa defense, just be, beca- don't ask. Um, <laughs> but I got, I got, I got Bo starting, Kadim Carey, DJ Foster, touchdown Jake, uh, Richardson Danny, cause you danced with the one that brought you, uh, from last week, uh, Ricardo Lewis and the Ottawa Red Blacks defense. And I have $259 left over. Come on, where's the zero dollar lineup, man? I couldn't do it this week. (laughs) I had to. Yeah, it wasn't. I know. I know. I'm one for one with the zero dollar lineup, but it uh, it was late. It was like you know eight forty five when I was putting it (laughs) together, so. 8.45. Uh, (laughs) My alarm goes off pretty early on Wednesday
0: mornings. (laughs) I'm up against Superfan Mike from the Turf District podcast. My season's over, much like his team, the Edmonton Elks. Uh, But uh, my my quarterback this week, I'm going with Matt Schiltz because of his price. Uh, And then at running back, I'm going to throw in Brady Oliveira, DJ Foster, I've paired up Matt Schiltz with Eugene Lewis, uh, Tim White of the Ticats in my flex, the Ticats defense against the Red Blacks, and my $2,500 special this week is Nick Hawley. Uh, I've really liked... What he's done for the Stampeders, I'm going to have to watch the depth chart with some receivers mm-hmm. coming back, but he had four catches against Saskatchewan in Week 10, five catches against BC just last week, and he seems to be a guy that doesn't mind going up the middle of the field for Bo Levi Mitchell and catching those tough passes where a lot of receivers, yeah. tied just don't want to go.
1: <laughs> or if they do, they alligator arm it. Yeah, right. They they <laughs> yeah. see the train. They see the train coming. They see the train coming, and, and they're trying to brace for the hit, and then they don't finish the catch. So you know, you know, if he's if he's willing to go there and and do that, it, that only helps in offense. Who are you picking to win the games this week? Oh boy, <laughs> man, uh, Montreal, Hamilton, Winnipeg, Calgary. I'm going all home teams this week. I'm going Toronto, Hamilton,
0: Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Uh, just, hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like they, if they don't come out with intensity in this game, well, they probably won't come out with intensity the rest of the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if,
1: and if they lose if they lose this game, I mean, yeah. BC still right there. Well, like this this game has more implications than just second place.
0: That's exactly it cuz BC I know they've lost 3 in a row and they're up tough against Winnipeg here, but even you know if both teams lose this one, they're right there. Saskatchewan's got the advantage because they got the season series, but mm-hmm. uh, BC's still right in it for <laughs> uh maybe even the crossover here a little bit. So there's still a lot on the
1: line as the, as the mercury we've drops. We've only got, you know, four, some teams are going to have three, some teams are gonna have four games left after this week. And as of right now, there's no teams that qualify for the crossover, which I mean, that is a welcome sight yeah. Cause usually you have, you know, four teams in the West that are all within a game of each other. So a little more disparity. I mean, Winnipeg running away with it kind of helps, uh, but I mean, the East has improved. I mean, with the way Toronto has been, it's it's nice to see finally.
0: Yeah, we all had Hamilton uh, on the road for yep. uh, for the playoffs in a year they're hosting the Grey Cup. I I think we all predicted that one. <laughs>
1: uh. Well, that, that's a that's a for now. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs>
0: This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Alberta Association of Optometrists, proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. It happens. Parents can easily miss their child's eye problems. Issues can occur in only one eye, making them difficult to notice. The early, earlier in eye health or vision problem is identified the more likely it can be corrected. The I Learn program provides an eye exam and free glasses if needed for kindergarten age children. 25% of kids begin first grade with an undiagnosed eye problem. To book your child's eye exam, please visit optometrists.ab.ca. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across the province. Members are highly trained trained regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans learn more at optometrists.ab.ca
1: and if your son or daughter is a goaltender tell their coaches that they need glasses (laughs) don't just send them to the rink without them and then they show up one day with them and you're like what the hell is this (laughs) well i'm supposed to be wearing glasses like this whole season or just now oh the whole time that explains why we were one in thirteen. Yeah, that's a crucial element to a
0: goaltender's game, being able to see. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> you would think, but why why would anybody tell us? <laughs> Week twelve is on the horizon. Enjoy the games, and I, I I gotta buy myself a ticket for the riders and Stampeders. You can find me in the end zone just gnawing on a turkey leg. Yes, they sell turkey legs at mcmahon stadium that's one thing that that stadium does right ty so hopefully that's (laughs) probably the only thing they
1: do right hopefully you avoid food
0: poisoning this week and we will talk to you on monday Uh,
1: (laughs) saturday night steak night so doubtful
0: well you can eat pink steak don't eat pink chicken ty oh i
1: i I can i can but i mean it is camp food no promises
0: (laughs) Rate, review, and subscribe to and out on your favorite podcatcher. Talk to you after the games. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.